Hi guys, I'm Justine Byrne. I'm an entrepreneur living in Los Angeles and um, welcome to my podcast, Gospel and Chill. So we are going to begin with the Gospel of Matthew um, because it's the first one in the New Testament and also because I think that they have an order of um, the way that they tell the story is is intentional in the Bible. So I'm going to start where they start. Um, A couple notes before we get into it. The Bible I'm using is really special to me it's a it's called the living bible it's actually a paraphrased bible but i and and some people don't love that but let me tell you this is the bible that my grandfather had when he was a preacher and inside of this particular bible are all of his notes and some sermon notes and even some references to family members in the margins. And if I come across those when I'm reading, it makes me so happy. And of course, I'll share them with you. I was very, very honored and lucky to receive it after my grandma passed away, which was kind of contemporaneous with my rediscovering of my own faith. So this is the Bible we will use. Maybe we'll do different versions. Um, in the future. So let me start a new section of this podcast so that you can skip right to the text and um, we'll go from there. The Gospel of Matthew. These are the ancestors of Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah. Tamar was their mother. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Aram. Aram was the father of Amenadab. Amenadab was the father of Nahohan. Nahoshan. Nahoshan was the father of Salmon. Looks like salmon to me. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Rahab was his mother. We know Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Ruth was his mother. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon. His mother was the widow of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Joram. Joram was the father of Uzziah and the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Amos. We know that one. Amos was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, born at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile, 
Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abiud. Abiud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Achim. Achim was the father of Eliud. Eliud was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Matan. Matan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. These are the 14 of the generations from Abraham to King David, and 14 from King David's time to the exile, and 14 from the exile to Christ. These are the facts concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her fiancé, being a man of stern principle, decided to break the engagement but to do it quietly as he didn't want to publicly disgrace her. As he lay awake considering this, he fell into a dream and saw an angel standing beside him. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Don't hesitate to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you shall name him Jesus, meaning Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. This will fulfill God's message through his prophets. This is a quote of God's message through his prophets. Listen, the virgin shall conceive a child. She shall give birth to a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. I think that that is Isaiah. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel commanded and brought Mary home to be his wife. But she remained a virgin until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. That's the first book of Matthew. This is the second book of Matthew. Let me start another section. Book two of the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. At about the time, some astrologers from Eastern land arrived in Jerusalem asking, where's the newborn King of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the far off Eastern lands and have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed by their question and all of Jerusalem was filled with rumors. He called a meeting of the Jewish religious leaders. Did the prophets tell us where the Messiah would be born? He asked. Yes, in Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet Micah wrote. This is the prophet Micah. O little town of Bethlehem, you are not just an unimportant Judean village, for a governor shall rise from you and rule my people Israel. Do you know I had a friend who grew up in Bethlehem? my neighbor. Okay. Then Herod sent a private message to the astrologers asking them to come and see him. 
At this meeting, he found out from them the exact time they first saw the star, and he told them, go to Bethlehem and search for the child. And when you find him, come back to me so that I can go worship him too. After this interview, the astrologers started out again, and look, the star appeared to them again, standing over Bethlehem. Their joy knew no bounds. Entering the house where the baby and Mary were, they threw themselves down before him, worshiping. They opened their presents and gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But when they returned to their own land, they didn't go through Jerusalem to report to Herod, for God had warned them in a dream to go home by another way. After they were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up and flee to Egypt with the baby and his mother, the angel said, and stay there until I tell you to return, for King Herod is going to try to kill the child. The same night he left for Egypt with Mary and the baby and stayed there until King Herod's death. This fulfilled the prophet's prediction, I have called my son from Egypt. Herod was furious when he heard that the astrologers had disobeyed him. Sending soldiers to Bethlehem, he ordered them to kill every baby boy two years old and under, both in the town and on the nearby farms. For the astrologers had told him the star first appeared to them two years before. The brutal action of Herod fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah. Screams of anguish come from Ramah, weeping unrestrained, Rachel weeping for her children, uncomforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and told him, Get up and take the baby and his mother back to Israel, for for those who are trying to kill the child are dead. So he returned immediately to Israel with Jesus and his mother. But on the way, he was frightened to learn that the new king was Herod's son, Archelaus. Then in another dream, he was warned not to go to Judea. So they went to Galilee instead and lived in Nazareth. This fulfilled the prediction of the, of the prophets concerning the Messiah. He shall be called a Nazarene. And that is book two of the Gospel of Matthew. This is the Gospel of Matthew, book three. While they were living in Nazareth, John the Baptist began preaching out in the Judean wilderness. His constant theme was turn from your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of Kevin. <laughs> I could edit that out, but I'm going to leave it because that, it sounds like the kingdom of Kevin and that's my uncle Kevin. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Let's start this whole book again. Hi, uncle Kevin. All right. While they were living in Nazareth, John the Baptist began preaching out in the Judean wilderness. His constant theme was turn from your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is coming soon. Isaiah the prophet had told about John's ministry centuries before. He had written, I hear a shout from the wilderness, prepare a road for the Lord, straighten out the path where he will walk. John's clothing was woven from camel's hair and he wore a leather belt. His food was locusts and wild honey. 
people from Jerusalem and from all over the Jordan Valley, and in fact from every section of Judea, went out to the wilderness to hear him preach. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to be baptized, he denounced them. You sons of snakes, he warned, who said you could escape the coming of wrath of God? Before being baptized, prove that you've turned from sin by doing worthy deeds. Don't try to get by as you are, thinking we are safe for we are Jews, descendants of Abraham. That proves nothing. God can change these stones here into Jews. And even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised to chop down every unproductive tree. They will be chopped and burned. With water, I baptize those who repent of their sins. But someone else is coming, far greater than I am, so great that I am not worthy to carry his shoes. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He will separate the chaff from the grain, burning the chaff with never-ending fire and storing away the grain. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized there by John. John didn't want to do it. This isn't proper, he said. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. But Jesus said, please do it, for I must do all that is right. So then John baptized him. After his baptism, as soon as Jesus came up out of the water, heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down in the form of a dove. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That's book three of the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew, book four. Then Jesus was led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be, sem- to be tempted there by Satan. For forty days and forty nights he ate nothing and became very hungry. Then Satan tempted him to get food by changing stones into loaves of bread. It will prove that you're the Son of God, he said. But Jesus told him no, for the scriptures tell us that bread won't feed men's souls. Obedience to every word of God is what we need. That's a real paraphrase of man cannot live on bread alone. But I trust my grandpa's Bible here. Then Satan took him to Jerusalem to jump off the roof of the temple. Jump off, he said, and prove you're the son of God. For the scriptures declare, God will send his angels to keep you from harm. They will prevent you from smashing on the rocks below. Jesus retorted, it also says not to put your Lord God to the test. Next, Satan took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him the nations of the world and all their glory. I'll give it all to you, he said, if you will only kneel and worship me. Get behind me, Satan, Jesus told him. The scriptures say, worship only the Lord God and obey only him. Then Satan went away and angels came and cared for Jesus. Hopefully they brought some food. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned home to Nazareth in Galilee, but soon he moved to Capernaum, beside the lake of Galilee, close to Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy. 
the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali beside the lake and the countryside beyond the Jordan River and upper Galilee where so many foreigners live. There the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. They shall, and they sat in the land of death and the light broke through upon them. From then on, Jesus began to preach, turn from sin and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. One day he was walking along the beach beside the Lake of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew out in a boat fishing with a net for they were commercial fishermen. Ooh, what a translation. This is fairly modern. Jesus called out, come along with me and I will show you how to fish for the souls of men. And they left their nets at once and went with him. A little further up the beach, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called to them too. At once, they stopped their work and leaving their father behind, went with him. Jesus traveled all through Galilee, teaching the Jewish synagogues everywhere, preaching the good news about the kingdom of heaven. He healed every kind of sickness and disease. The report of his miracles spread far beyond the borders of Galilee so that sick folk were soon coming to be healed from as far away as Syria. And whatever illness and pain, or if they were possessed by demons, or if they were insane or paralyzed, he healed them all. Enormous crowds followed him wherever he went, people from Galilee and the ten cities and Jerusalem and from all over Judea and even from across the Jordan River. That's book four of the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew, book five. This is the Sermon on the Mount, and this translation really does it a little bit differently than people are used to. And I want to stay true to this Bible just because it's such a special book to me. But I think we will do a special podcast on the Sermon of the Mount. And you'll hear those traditional, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek. Um, This does not read like that. But let's just read it. I'm sure there's something to be gained from it. One day, as the crowds were gathering, he went up the hillside with his disciples and sat down and taught them there. Humble men are very fortunate, he told them, for the kingdom of heaven is given to them. Those who mourn are fortunate, for they shall be comforted. The meek and the lowly are fortunate, for the whole wide world belongs to them. Happy are those who long to be just and good, for they shall be completely satisfied. Happy are the kind and the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Happy are those whose hearts are pure, for they shall see God. Happy are those who strive for peace, they shall be called the sons of God. Happy are those who are persecuted because because they are good, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. When you are reviled and persecuted and lied about because you are my followers, wonderful, be happy about it. Be very glad for a tremendous reward awaits you up in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted too. You are the world's seasoning. Make it tolerable. 
I'm going to pause here and say, you are the salt of the earth. If you lose your flavor, what will happen to the world? And you yourselves will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see so that they will praise your heavenly father. Don't misunderstand why I have come. It isn't to cancel the laws of Moses and the warnings of the prophets. No, I came to fulfill them and to make them all come true. With all earnestness, I have to say, every law in the book will continue until its purpose is achieved. And so if anyone breaks the least commandment and teaches others to, he shall be the least in the kingdom of heaven. But those who teach God's laws and obey them shall be great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your goodness is greater than that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you can't get into the kingdom of heaven at all. Under the laws of Moses, the rule was, if you kill, you must die. But I have added to that rule and tell you, if you are only angry, even in your own home, you are in danger of judgment. For if you call your friend an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse him, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So if you are standing before the altar in the temple, offering a sacrifice to God, and suddenly remember that a friend has something against you, leave your sacrifice there beside the altar and go and apologize and be reconciled to him, and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Come to terms quickly with your enemy before it is too late and he drags you into the court and you're thrown into a debtor's cell. For it will stay, for you will stay there until you have paid the last penny. The laws of Moses said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust in his eyes has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even if it's your best eye, causes you lust, gouge it out and throw it away better for part of you to be destroyed than for all of you to be cast into hell and if your hand even your right hand causes you to sin cut it off and throw it away better that than to find yourself in hell the law of moses says if anyone wants to be rid of of his wife he can divorce her by merely giving her a letter of dismissal but i say that a man who divorces his wife except for fornication causes her to commit adultery if she marries again And he who marries her commits adultery. Ooh, shots fired. Again, the law of Moses says, You shall not break your vows to God, but must fulfill them all. But I say, do not make any vows. And even to say by heavens is a sacred vow to God, for the heavens are God's throne. And if you say by the earth that it is a sacred vow, for the earth is his footstool. And don't swear by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the capital of the great king. Don't swear by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. So just a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Your word is enough. To strengthen your promise with a vow shows that something is wrong. The law of Moses says, if a man gouges out another's eye, he must pay with his own eye. If a tooth gets knocked out, knock out the tooth of the one who did it. But I say, don't resist violence. If you are slapped on one cheek, turn the other too. If you are ordered to court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a military demand you carry their gear for a mile, carry it too. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. 
There is a saying, love your friends and hate your enemies. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true sons of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good and sends rain to the just and the unjust too. If you love only those who love you, what good is that? Even scoundrels do that much. If you are friendly only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the heathen do that. But few are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And that's book five of the Gospel of Matthew, according to this living version. Um, That's the Sermon on the Mount. And I think it's a good place to stop for the day. Thanks for listening. Thank you.